Welcome to the Michelleness Project. This is a conversation about fitness, mindfulness, happiness, healthiness, and all the other Nesses we'll encounter along the way. I'm Michelle Mason, a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and I'll be your host along this journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Michelleness Project. I hope your week is off to a great start so far. Um, For me right now in Cincinnati, I am kind of trying to get a lot of my desk work, paperwork, programming type of stuff done now because we are supposed to get a pretty bad snowstorm over the next couple days. So I wanted to hop on and record today's episode um, now, you know, kind of with the thought being that my kids might be home over the next couple days and it's always harder to record when other people are home because then it's like I can always hear the noises they're making in the background and then I'm worried if you could hear it. Uh, In fact, right now my dog is downstairs with me and I hear her chewing on a bone and it's um, distracting me and it's all I can hear. (laughs) So I'm just hoping that you guys can't hear this um, in the background. You know, I think one of these days it would be nice to have a really good soundproof room, have, you know, these podcasts professionally edited and checked for sound quality and all that fun stuff, but ain't nobody got time for that right now. And You know, if you've learned anything from working with me, it's don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Don't let, you know, the thing be the thing that keeps you from doing the thing, right? Like, don't let the little stuff keep you um, from doing something and don't get in your own way with the barriers. Don't create barriers that don't need to exist. You guys are hopefully here for the information and hopefully enjoy coming back each week to listen to what I have to say about training, nutrition, wellness, mindset, and you know, you're know, you not here for the stellar audio quality. <laughs> um, okay, so today I wanna dive right in. So I had this idea floating around in my head where I wanted to do a podcast called Two Truths and a Lie. And I wanted to kind of do a deeper dive into some fitness myths and some truths, you know, some things that at first glance might really seem like, oh yeah, that's definitely true or that's definitely false and kind of do a deeper dive exploring those topics. But what I did was I ended up putting out a call in my Facebook group, the Strong Squad, and I said, what's something that you've heard regarding fitness or nutrition that you should either always or never do? And so this is where I was hoping to generate some ideas for true two truths and a lie. But honestly, as the comments started spilling in and you guys gave me so many great ideas, um, you know, I really just wanted to take this opportunity to really just go through some of these. So I have my Facebook open right in front of me and I'm just literally going to, you know, breathe this live going through uh, some of these comments. I won't be able to, to address everything in today's podcast, but we'll be able to get through a good chunk of these. And you know, I just want to say thank you. Like, I always appreciate when I hear from you guys. I want to cover what you guys want to hear about, and I want to answer the questions that you have. I think when you are a coach for a really long time, as I've been, um, just like, you know, anybody who is, you know, several years into their profession, you get to a point where you're kind of down the wormhole. And, you know, I'm always researching and reading about this kind of stuff. And so, you know, what might interest me is probably a little bit different than what you need to know. So I always like to, 
you know, ask you guys what is on your mind, things that you've heard, things that you want me to talk about. Because oftentimes it's stuff like, oh, you know, I didn't know that people still actually felt that way or thought that way. So it's helpful, you know, hopefully for you guys to hear my responses because they are things that are on your mind. But it's also helpful for me as a good reminder that as a coach, you know, it's not about impressing you with like the most recent research studies and all of my knowledge. It's really about helping you. I am in this to be of service to you. And I hope, you know, a lot of the coaches can probably relate to this. Um, you know, I hope that that's just a good reminder for the coaches as well that, you know, we're really here to serve other people, not just, you know, show people what we know, you know, so um, it's a good reminder for me. And so I will, you know, keep doing this type of thing where I'm asking you guys, engaging you guys to find out a little bit more about what you want to hear. And obviously, as always, you know, feel free to reply. Uh, you can hit me up at wherever you listen to this podcast. You can go to my website. You can email me at michellegmason at gmail.com. Um, and, I, you know, let me know your questions there. Um, okay, so let's dive right in. So some of this absolutely cracked me up and some of it just like plain pissed me off. <laughs> uh, so we'll just, you know, dive right in and kind of go through these in order. So the first one that I wanted to talk about here, someone said that they had heard that you should never eat past 8 p.m. And this is, if I was doing true truths and a lie, this would most definitely be a lie. When it comes to eating and nutrient timing, at the end of the day, the calories that you consume throughout the day is what matters. It doesn't matter if you ingest all of those calories before 8 a.m. or after 8 p.m. Uh, it's the total number of calories that matters. So I think that it was Oprah uh, or Bob Green, her trainer back in the day, that really kind of perpetuated this myth and it got really, you know, hammered into people's heads that if you eight after 8 p.m. that, you know, you would, uh, you know, not have time to burn those calories before bed. And it would like literally just uh, like fat would accumulate overnight based on that food you had in your stomach. And uh, that's just not how it works. Now, there are, you know, some considerations to make here. First and foremost, when you eat can affect your circadian rhythm. And so I do, I do find that for a lot of people, if they eat too close to bed, they might experience sleep disruptions. They might, um, you know, not be able to fall asleep as quickly. They might be waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, and that's, you know, usually because of the, the blood sugar spikes and, you know, things like that that are going on in the body. Um, so, you know, eating too late can impact your sleep. And if you are one of those people who are, for whatever reason, monitoring your weight every day, you might notice that if you eat, typically, let's say you eat your last meal of the day at 7 p.m. and one day you eat a late dinner at like 9.30 or 10 p.m., you've probably noticed that, that the scale is up the next day. And that's really due to the food volume that is in your stomach. If you're eating later, you just haven't had the same amount of time during your waking hours to digest right? You know, you're, you're literally, you have more food in your gut at that point, you know, less likelihood that you've gone to the bathroom and things like that. So it might appear that you've gained weight because the scale will read a heavier number the next day, but it is not a, a good indicator of actual weight gained. If you, you know, again, continue to monitor every single day, 
or multiple times a week, you'll see that that weight gain, quote unquote, on the scale pretty quickly dissipates. So even if the scale does read a higher number, it is not actual weight gained just because you ate a late meal. Again, it comes to overall calorie intake and you know, as long as you are, if you are trying to lose weight, if you are in a caloric deficit, if your total number of daily calories works out um, to be less than your maintenance calories, you will um, either lose weight or if you're trying to maintain your weight, if you're eating you know, the daily number of maintenance calories, but it doesn't matter how you partition those out throughout the day from purely a, a weight loss standpoint, okay? Uh, always eat breakfast, another great one. Do you have to eat breakfast? Absolutely not. You know, for the same reasons that I outlined above, it doesn't really matter where your calories are partitioned. Um, if again, weight loss is the goal. Um, if it is, you know, more of a performance related question, the answer might be, it depends. So this is like what I want to say, you know, pretty early on in this podcast is, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know that 99% of the time when you ask me a question, the answer is going to be, it depends, and I'm going to fill you in on the context. I'm going to tell you when it might be appropriate, when it might not be. Um, so that's where this kind of concept of like this all or nothing, these truths and lies really came from is because in this world of nutrition and fitness and mindset and training, you know, hopefully you start to see that there are no real absolutes. So anyway, coming back to the breakfast thing, you know, if your goal is performance, let's say you are training for an event, a marathon or a strength event or something to that effect, it could matter if you eat breakfast, you know, depending on when you train. Like I love to train at like 10, 11 a.m. And so I do eat breakfast before because I want to make sure that I've got um, you know, the protein, the carbohydrates in my system prior to training because food fuels performance. And um, so that would be an example in which you would want to eat breakfast. If you are the type of person that you just simply don't get hungry until later in the morning, that's totally fine. You don't always have to eat breakfast. I say it's one of those things where you have to like know thyself because if you are the type of person, and again, I'm going to put this in the context of fat loss because obviously someone who's trying to gain weight is going to inherently know that they're going to need to like overall find a way to get more calories in. So if they're not eating breakfast and they're trying to gain weight, adding breakfast might be an easy way to overall increase the amount of calories over the day, right? But if you're a person who's trying to lose weight, you know, if you are trying to withhold calories in the early part of the day because you're trying to quote unquote save them for later or try to eat less overall that way. One thing that can um, happen is it can backfire because by the time you do eat, you find yourself hangry, you find yourself scrambling for anything and not really caring, saying screw it, you know. Um, so I, I would always ask you to look at your intentions behind why you are or are not eating a meal. So if you don't eat in the morning because you're simply not hungry and you find a way to hit your you know, protein and calorie goals throughout the rest of your meals, that's totally fine if you feel best that way. If you're the type of person that's doing it simply to, as a strategy to try to 
uh, reduce your overall calories and you're finding it's backfiring either by binging later in the day or, um, you know, not necessarily making the best choices when you do end up eating, then that is probably not a strategy for you. All right. Uh, the next one, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot here, so I'm just going to kind of pick and choose some of these today and then I'll come back to some of these other ones in a, in a later podcast. Um, but one kind of common thread that I'm getting throughout a lot of these comments is that it's absolutely necessary to do cardio or running or hit cardio to lose weight. And those are all false. You do not need to do any sort of cardio to lose weight. There are a lot of great reasons to include cardio in your uh, routine. We've talked about some of these reasons in previous podcasts. You know, it's great for heart health. Um, it's good for, you know, conditioning obviously is going to be a huge part of trying to get better at like running and things like that. Or if you are the type of person that you always want to be able to jump into a CrossFit class or you want to be able to do a Spartan race or something like that, having a, a certain level of cardio and, or a certain amount of cardio and, you know, aerobic capacity in your routine is going to be important. But coming from the perspective of trying to lose weight, it is absolutely 100% not required. The only thing that you absolutely have to do in order to lose weight is to be in a calorie deficit, right? We have to be eating less than our maintenance calories. We find the amount of calories that we need per day in order to maintain our weight, and then we reduce the calories from there in order to lose weight. Uh, exercise in general is not really a good strategy for weight loss or fat loss simply because our bodies are efficiency machines. You're going to become more efficient at anything that you do repeatedly. And so, you know, that's why we've talked about like how the calorie burn on your Apple watch and your Garmin or whatever is not really accurate. Uh, definitely not those machines at the gym that say, oh, I, you know, burned 500 calories on that 30 minutes on the elliptical or whatever. You might initially, but then week two, your body's like, oh, okay, I'm getting what's up. Week three, you know, so over time, that's just, it's not reliable data. And you're always kind of playing this game of inputs versus outputs. And it can also set up a pretty poor relationship with food if you are trying to earn food through exercise and things like that. I will say that resistance training can really help in this um, instance, because if we increase the muscle mass, it is going to help you to lose body fat. You can change the body composition. It is going to help your uh, metabolism. You know, adding more muscle to your frame is going to help your metabolism. You know, I don't want to use the terms like you'll hear like loosely people saying like it boosts your metabolism and things like that. We can get more into that in a, at a later time, but. Um, you know, it will help you to be able to eat more calories if you have more muscle on your frame. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wish it was the opposite, you know, as somebody who never has an issue with sticking to her training routine, you know, I, I would love to see that, you know, not be the case because then I think myself and a lot of other people would just exercise the day away and, um, it just unfortunately doesn't work like that. It's all, it all comes down to nutrition here. You can certainly use movement like things like I, I will have people track their daily steps 
and things like that so that you can overall boost your activity level, but you absolutely do not have to in order to lose weight. All right, let's move on. Uh, never lifting heavy weights because you will look manly or bulking. bulky. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I... <sighs> This one just, I, I, I want to beat my head against a wall every time, you know, I hear someone continue to say this. The people who look quote unquote bulky, the people who look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, especially if they're a woman, there is a combination of factors. One, most likely drugs. Two, most likely they have been training for a very, very, very long time. They have been training very, very, very hard to look like that, right? And they are eating in a way because they want to look like that. People don't accidentally become bulky. Um, and definitely lifting weights, you know, is not something that women should be afraid of in particular or anyone, you know. Um, it. I will say that, like, certain people will say that they don't like the way that they feel when they start to put on muscle if they haven't addressed nutrition and dietary factors because then what can happen is they can feel like they are just overall getting bigger because they've put on muscle but then they haven't lost the body fat. Um, but that is, you know, very, 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 very rare in someone who is tracking their nutrition and is making sure that they are, you know, eating what they need and in appropriate amounts, and they are lifting weights intelligently. I promise you that no one has gotten bulky doing like three full body training sessions a week for, you know, <laughs> six to eight weeks ever. Promise. Like if it were that easy, don't you think that a lot more people would do it? Um, you know, that's not even to say that we don't have the testosterone as women. It, it's very, very hard. I mean, for women to be able to put on like a quarter of a pound to a half a pound of muscle in a month is very, very good. For men, it's like, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's not more than a couple pounds. So it is very, very, very difficult to become bulky from training. Um, let's see. I feel like I'm, I've got a sneeze coming on. Yep, I do. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. I can just feel it, you know? I knew it was coming in there. All right. Um, carbs. Never eat carbs. Yeah, again, this is one that makes me so frustrated and angry. Like, listen, there's a time and a place for keto. There are certain applications in which it is helpful to, you know, remove carbs. Um, you know, there's been certain studies that with certain forms of cancer, it can be very helpful with brain health and, and disorders. Um, there's also obviously with diabetics and, and special populations that there might be a need to really control carbohydrates. But for most people, you absolutely do not need to eliminate carbs in order to lose weight. Um, again, it comes back to the overall numbers and you know how those whether those calories come from carbohydrates or fats it doesn't really matter if the overall number of calories is accounted for. I will tell people that, you know, you should really make sure that you're paying attention to your protein, trying to consume between 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, for most people, that's a really good range. 
and then, you know, having a calorie set goal and then kind of letting carbs and fats fall where they may, as long as you meet those numbers, that's a pretty like low stress way to do it because obviously the numbers are going to be accounted for to a certain extent because you're watching the overall calories and because you're partitioning a certain number every single day to protein. But to say that carbs make you fat is just simply untrue. Too many calories can make you gain weight, but it is not the carbohydrates. There's a lot of excellent, excellent reasons to eat carbohydrates, not least of which the fact that our you know training really depends on it. I mean, if you expect to train hard and, and exercise hard, um, you know, for any duration, your body needs those carbohydrates to run. You're simply going to perform better. It makes most people sleep better as well. And there's a slew of other benefits, but the short answer here is that that is um, definitely a false, false, false from me. All right, let's see. Um... Let's do one or two more here. Okay, always work out in the morning, never work out in the evening. So regarding the best time of exercise, best time to exercise, the best time to exercise is when you are going to be most likely to do it. So, you know, there have been studies that have come out, you know, advocating for people to train at certain times a day. I saw one recently that was saying that like, 2 to 3 p.m. is a really good time for many people to train. And I don't remember like what variables were used and what their study group followed exactly. But, you know, for me, I found myself laughing because that would be a horrible time for me to train because at that point, I'm like, my energy is starting to dip. Um, you know, I just, I can't really put my all behind it. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, for me personally, if I have my preferred time to train, it's around 10 or 11 a.m., and, you know, for me and my line of work, that's actually feasible most days because if I'm training clients, you know, that's usually a good time where there's a little bit of a break. If I'm doing a day like today where I'm doing all, you know, writing programming and doing nutrition check-ins and things like that, it works well for me to take a break around that time and then come back to work later. And so, you know, it's a time that really fits into my life. And I personally feel like my energy level is really good. Like I said, I have time to eat breakfast beforehand. You know, I know I can get a luncheon easily after that. So it just works really well for me and it allows me to be consistent. If you are the type of person where you have a pretty full, you know, work or social schedule, like if you know that happy hours are going to pop up or obligations driving your kids to sports and things like that after school are going to come up, then I would say that, yeah, probably working out in the morning is the best option for you. Most people don't want to hear that because, um, you know, you, <laughs> you want to hear that, like, you can just really do it at any time. But the reality is, it's like, if you know that you've got a good chance of something coming up later in the day, then in order for you to be consistent, the morning is going to be better. But from the perspective of getting better results, it's not true. It's what's going to get you the best results is being consistent. So if you know you can consistently train every night at 8pm, and that's the only time you can do it, go for it. If it doesn't impact your sleep, you know, go good for you. Some people do find if they train too close to bedtime that, um, you know, it can give them that like tired but wired feeling. I definitely feel that way if I train too close to bedtime. Um, but, you know, that's not everybody. You have to find what works for you, right? And again, if that's the only time you have to train, 
then that's the only time you have to train. If that's when you're going to be able to be consistent and make it happen, then that's when you should do it. Um, but you definitely don't have to worry about working out at a certain time purely for results other than finding a time that is going to be, you know, consistent for you. What you can commit to regularly is key. All right, let's do one more. Um, let's see. I guess I will just address here last, like, the quick fixes. You know, a lot of people brought up things like the flat tummy teas, apple cider vinegar, starvation diets, drinking vinegar, lemon water first thing in the morning. You know, I'm sure we've all heard like a million little things like this. And so uh, just as a blanket statement, just be wary of anything that promises a quick fix in general. You know, there is no easy way to do this. The only way that you are going to achieve the results you want, whether that's weight loss, whether that's weight gain, you know, putting on muscle, performing better, you know, losing body fat, achieving a certain result. Like if you are looking to improve your health markers, like lowering your cholesterol or blood pressure, nothing is going to work without your consistency and dedication. It is not easy. There is no pill. There is no tea. There is no drink that you can consume that is going to take out the hard work. That's just the reality of the situation. It's not going to be comfortable. I think there's this like, you know, idea, and we, I feel like I come back to this a lot, but it's important because it's so, you know, perpetuated by social media and influencers and everybody who's in these like multi-level marketing schemes that's telling you that you can, you know, drink this potion and lose weight. It's not easy, y'all. It is not easy. You are going to have to expect that if there's, you know, it's not really like this balance. If, it, if you're telling me that this is your goal, that this is your priority, then double down, commit to it. Know that it will be hard, but you need to commit to it in order to make it happen. If you say it's what you want, then there's just no two ways around it. There are going to be nights where you go to bed a little bit hungry, right? If you're not, if you're eating in a caloric deficit, you're not always going to feel perfectly full. You are going to be a little bit hungry. You are going to have to contend with saying no to social outings and no to that drink and no to that dinner out with your friends. Again, it's like if this is your goal and you say it's your goal, things are not going to be perfectly balanced for that time. Now, in an ideal world, you know, you're not in this like yo-yo cycle where you like eat well Monday through Friday and then binge all weekend, wash, rinse, repeat, and, you know, end up in the same place where you started. Hopefully, if you're committing to dieting or losing weight or whatever your goal is, you commit to it and you dial it in and you do it. You do the thing that you said you were going to do, you know, for a short period of time. I like to see someone diet for no more than about 12 weeks at a time before we take a little, you know, maintenance break and recharge, refresh, recommit and all those things. But, you know, it's just unfortunate because I think what, what, people prey on here is the fact that people get desperate. They're unhappy with where they are. And they also know that it's going to be really, really hard to say no to the nightly glass of wine, to say no to the cookies that their husband brings home, to say no to their coworkers when they say, hey, let's go out for a happy hour and have a couple drinks. They know that that's going to be hard. And so 
they just want to find some way to make it a little bit easier. But there are no shortcuts. The long game is the shortcut. And unfortunately, doing the work day in and day out until you achieve your results are really, um, that's really the only way to do this. So, all right, that is good for today. We've got some more good questions coming at you. Um, I'll try to answer those in an upcoming podcast. But like I said, in the meantime, please keep those questions coming and stay strong and stay well. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. It means the world to me to have you here, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you have a question that you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can submit a question to me directly at my website, michellegmason.com, or email me at michellegmason at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at michellegmason, or request to join my private Facebook group, Michelle Mason Strong Squad. Until next time, be well.